Tua. Fires, touchdown Miami. Waddle snuck into the end zone of Miami. Boy, tight throw, tight window. They had to get that touchdown on that play. They get it. What is up, Dolphins? And welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And on today's show, the 2022 season starts in just two days. We'll have the Dolphins and Patriots preview for you on Thursday, but today we are previewing all things 2022 NFL season, division winners, wild card picks, Super Bowl pick, everybody's record, MVPs, and all the awards. I'll discuss my favorite storylines and things to watch from the year and each team this season. A fun, fun show, a small departure for Dolphins Talk, but I think that's okay for just one episode. From the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex, this is the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. Today's show is a practice that I have been exercising since... Shoot, I don't know, at least at least my junior year of high school because I nailed that 2004 Super Bowl with the Patriots and the Eagles, even though that was chalk as the Patriots coming off of two of the last three Super Bowl victories already in their back pocket, and the Eagles, with a loaded roster, had just brought in Terrell Owens. But it's still pretty hard to get it right. I think last year was... Ravens and Rams was my pick, so I got half of that right, and I felt pretty good about the Ravens, but those injuries kind of took them out as they were the one seed at one point last season. Just trying to say this is a very hard exercise to practice, and you know, even with all the technological advances, I always find it funny when someone says I'm a pencil and paper person because, you know, I sometimes maybe wish that I was, but between typing 10 times faster and my handwriting being hardly legible, it's just inefficient for me, and I think largely for most people, except for in this one instance where I break out my notepad and a piece of paper, that's the same thing, and a pen, and I go over the NFL schedule and I pick every single game, and I've learned some lessons about doing that. Because you have to do that to get all 272 games, right? You have to make sure that every game, every win and loss is accounted for. You can't just say, well, I think... I think the New York Giants are going to go 5-12 and 12 this year. You have to go through the whole process. And here are some lessons I have learned from doing that. Number one, don't be a contrarian just to be a contrarian. No one likes that kind of person. But also, it's going to veer you in the wrong direction. Number two, don't pick games in the way that you want to see them. Frankly, I have... You know, it's less now, but when I used to be at Locked On and it was more about trying to get your individual picks right and everything and your scouting reports and your teams that were going to be good and bad, I would veer away from the teams I thought might be disappointing and more in favor towards the teams that I thought would help the Dolphins get into the postseason. Part of that's being contrarian, but also just trying to take the fan angle out of it. Number three, you got to present more nuance than I believe that Team X is better than Team Y, therefore they're going to win. Travel schedule, previous and next opponents, specific matchups. Here's a very deep cut for you, an example of that. And I'm curious who here remembers this example. The 2010 season, the Dolphins began the year on the road at Buffalo. 
and then in Minnesota. It's actually a really nice road start. One outdoor game in September and one in a dome in two cold weather towns. But the Bills were home dogs against us and the Dolphins got the win. But the Favre-led Minnesota Vikings were only one play away from the Super Bowl the year prior. And I will never forget saying Phil Lodeholt, the tackle from Oklahoma, who was a good prospect, but his name was as fitting as his play style. Lodeholt, a good player, but he was a massive people mover who struggled with speed around the edge. And I specifically recall writing on a message board that Cam Wake would be the reason the Dolphins won that game and got off to their first 2-0 start since the 2003? No, 2002 season. 03 lost to the Texans on opening day. Sure enough, in en route to a 14-sack, 21-tackle for loss, three-forced fumble, two-second-team All-Pro, I should say, season. Gosh, what a beast he was. Cam gets a strip sack that Koa Misi scoops up in the end zone. Then he puts a bunch of pressure on Favre as the Vikings are trying to come back from 14 down, and he just puts it away. So the idea is that that matchup, even though the Vikings were a better team than the Dolphins that year, that matchup did the Vikings in and got the Dolphins that 2-0 start. And finally, if you do it this way like me, and the reason I mentioned the technological advances is because you can go on NFL.com and I think you can do the playoff predictor, but it's just not for me. It's just inefficient that way. It's not inefficient. It's just not, it doesn't give me the same feel. So if you do it this way with a notebook, I went through the schedule one time and didn't really care for my results. I think you have to rep it a few times to kind of get a feel for the flow of the schedule of each team's potential ups and downs in the seasons. One trap I think you can fall into is evening the scores. Well, this team lost this week, so they'll get a win the following week. You have to avoid that stuff. That's not how it goes. And then finally, just have fun with it. You have plenty of time to stress about playoff calculator exercises come Thanksgiving on the dot-com, like I mentioned. I love doing these each year and measuring my picks versus the actual results. And I always try to come within two games of every single team. Last year had the Rams and Ravens. Of course, the Rams that... Or the Ram- Ravens probably had the worst injury luck of any team ever, but we did get the Rams. But my goal ultimately is to get every team within two games of their eventual win loss record. So if you're interested, what I want you to do is drop your picks on my timeline at Wingfield NFL with your division winners, your wild card teams. You can do the whole records too. I- I'd love to see it if you can fit it into one tweet, and then we'll come back and revisit that thread or your tweets, I should say, uh, in a few months when the season comes to an end. How about some of the more generic storylines? I want to do team-by-team storylines. But some of the things that really kind of pique my interest this season, and there always are these things every year, but this first one is this imbalance between the AFC and NFC in terms of talent and football teams that are superior to others. Going through my predictions, I have a hard time finding a seventh playoff team in the NFC where I'm booting out teams in the AFC that I feel are very, very worthy potential title contenders the title contenders that have to go by the boards because the AFC is so deep now this is a pendulum that swings heavy for a while there the AFC was little brother to the NFC but the last few years it has swung back and even in that the the more favorable interconference record does go to the AFC but it's never that significant but this year it just feels like This AFC is so much more significantly 
well set up to dominate the interconference matchups this year. We'll see if it plays out that way, but you never really know because every single year you find things that go off of the, the reservation because find me one person last year who thought the Bengals would come out of the AFC and I will show you a liar if you show me that person. Now that said, I'm writing this before doing my predictions and putting them into the notebook, but the last one I did have five teams in the AFC with 12 wins. I have to fix that because there's no way that's going to happen. This is why you do it a few times. And I can see the AFC once again you know, spitting out a random winner that comes from the unexpected because of how deep this conference is. Speaking of favorites, how about that opener on Thursday night? The Bills and the Rams are the most picked Super Bowl teams in either conference, and we get them week one to kick the season off on Thursday night. We'll have the picks for you guys on the Friday show, but we have to pick that game now, and my rule is unchanged. Always take the team hanging the banner in the season opener. So the first pick of the year, what was my record last year? Let me see if I can pull my phone up. The goal was 75%. Might have deleted it. I think I did delete it. I think we got right around 73% by the end of the season. We'll try to beat that this year. But the first pick, I'm taking the Rams over the Bills. Let's go ahead and take our first break here on the Season Preview Podcast. I'll come back and talk about some things that I'm most excited to watch this season but also team-by-team storylines. We'll do that next here on the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. I'm not sure why I chose that spot for the break, but it was in my notes to do it, so there it is. Back here on the season preview this Tuesday, September 6th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. No podcast for you guys tomorrow. Thursday, we'll have the preview Dolphins and Patriots, and Friday is Football Friday, taking a look at the picks around the league, college football landscape, and the last word on Dolphins and Patriots, which is almost here. Let's go ahead and get back to the storylines. The Ravens and Lamar Jackson in general are a big storyline for me. We'll do each team here in a second, but just in general, they they are so intriguing to me because last year, he has them at 8-3. and three. They hit that small slump, you know, basically beginning with the Dolphins game down here on Thursday night. Then he gets injured, and even though Tyler Huntley played super well, they essentially couldn't win but one game in Lamar Jackson's absence. They're a fascinating team, one I'm very high on, as you'll learn here in just a moment. But I think the dichotomy of last season and how it ended makes them just a fascinating plot line. Then you have the potential contract dispute going on there. Lamar wants to get paid that guaranteed money. We saw Russell Wilson just got the bag. We saw what Deshaun Watson got with the Cleveland Browns. Gross. Uh... Lamar should probably get something, you know, in that similar vein as Watson got with the Browns, but he's going to play out this season potentially without getting that contract. And could that mean he goes somewhere else next year? It's it's a crazy thing to look at. That's a huge, huge storyline this year, but also in the future of the National Football League. Speaking of quarterbacks, the last three quarterback classes are insanely intriguing to me. The 2020 group, all three teams, in my opinion, have built up championship caliber rosters around their t- around their young quarterbacks. And I think all three fan bases are pretty excited to see what it might look like this year from Joe Burrow, from Tua Tungabailoa, and Justin Herbert. And I think all three of those guys are going to really show you this year that they are, that class was as good as we hoped it would be with those three guys. The 2021 group, just in general, excited to see what happens with Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones, and Davis Mills. How about his terrific, you know, based upon expectations, terrific 2021 season. 
that group was by and large part a, a massive letdown. I mean, Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be the next Andrew Luck, and his rookie season did not go well at all. Zach Wilson was an abject tire fire. He was bottom of the league in multiple categories and one of the worst rookie production seasons of all time. Now he's going to be injured coming into this year. Trey Lance only saw a tiny, tiny, minuscule bit of action, and he only had 17 starts in college. He's going to have to take some time to grow. Justin Fields, that's a rough situation in Chicago for Justin Fields. Mac Jones, we'll talk about them here in just one second. And then Davis Mills kind of comes out of the woodwork and frankly probably had the second, maybe third best season of all the rookies last year. And then, of course, this year's rookies. When does Kenny Pickett get the nod? You know, Malik Willis won the backup job in Tennessee. Will he see time at any point this year? Remember last year, the Titans were a team that got hit pretty bad by the injury bug, but Ryan Tannehill was the only real stabilizing force on that offense. So interesting dichotomy there. And then Desmond Ritter, does he get big playing time this year? I think just in general, we're in this very fascinating point of the NFL's cycles, I I suppose, as we continue to wave goodbye to some of these legends of the sport at the position. Every year we've said au revoir to Eli Manning, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady will, you know, whether it's this year or in a future year, you've got Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan at 38 and 37 respectively. I think both have a lot of football left in them, but the big storyline here to me is the transition towards the aforementioned groups of all these young quarterbacks with so much promise in the wake of, you know, quite frankly, a bunch of future Hall of Famers either in the clubhouse or approaching that 18th green here in their career. How about the expansion, and this goes back to the Mac Jones and Patriots thing a little bit, the expansion of the McVay and Shanahan coaching trees. These have really become the norm in the NFL, and we get a couple more extensions off of it this season with O'Connell from the Rams, McDaniel coming here from the Niners, between, you know, Mike LaFleur in Green Bay, Matt LaFleur, his brother with the Jets, Zach Taylor in Cincinnati, Kevin Stefanski with the Browns. It's all over the league. It's the most popular coaching tree and system that there is out there right now. And I think that's relatively instructive of what's been successful recently in the National Football League. It makes me wonder what will become the next fruitful tree in this league. What does it look like? It's probably something we haven't even seen yet. Uh, What else here? How about the uh, wide receiver activity this offseason? We talked a little bit about how, you know, there's this big stink about contracts to Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams and how much money they got. But really, if you look at Tyreek's contract, that last year was really just a, you know, a sweetener, so to speak. And so your APY for Tyreek Hill is, is marginally more than what it is for Christian Kirk. So that was a big win for the Dolphins, I think. I'm just interested to see how this plays out. You've got Kansas City and Green Bay trading away their top guys, two guys who are, in my opinion, the best two in the NFL. You've got the big deal for Christian Kirk in Jacksonville. We saw Drake London, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks all go early in the draft. And how about the guy that Burks replaces with A.J. Brown going to Philly? you got Marquise Brown going to the Cardinals from the Ravens. I'm just really curious to see how these, these results this year justify those moves and decisions. Is it feasible when you have that top quarterback like Mahomes or Rodgers and the $40 million that comes along with that per year to your cap? to strip away their top targets, or should you enhance those guys with premier targets? I would argue you should enhance those guys because, you know, a quarterback can make a throw, but a receiver does the rest of it after that. I think it's a pretty important spot in this uh, this here sport. And I had this conversation with Kyle Krabs the other day to rank the positions in order of ones you value most, and he said I was crazy for this, but I told him, man, in a big play league that continues 
to be full of dynamic passing more and more each year, give me receivers number two. Give me the guy that can shorten a drive by seven or eight plays from 12 plays down to four and get me into the end zone before I have a chance to bog down with a procedural penalty, a drop pass, a missed assignment. Whatever the case may be, we saw it all year the last couple of years. Those 12-play drives are few and far between because it's hard to overcome first and 20 when you play 12 snaps. Might have a holding out there at some point. I think it's good for now. Let's do a few more in the speed round here. Just some interesting team-by-team ones. We'll do that next here uh, after a short break, and then we'll come back and also get... Actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and skip the break. Let's just keep this chugging here. We have to take a break before the predictions come along. Um, Some additional things I'm excited to see play out this year in a speed round. Buffalo, the expectations this year are Super Bowl. That's the takeaway. But I'm also curious to see what the cornerback position looks like. It's pretty thin beyond Trey White as he is going to be down for the first four weeks, potentially longer than that, coming off the injury last year. In top spots behind him are two rookies in Kyer Elam and Christian Benford who split time this preseason at the perimeter cornerback spots, we know they're solid with Teron Johnson in the slot, but can their cornerback depth keep up with receiving cores across the league? Curious to see that play out for this team that has expectations to go all the way and probably the best roster in the NFL with that one spot. Something to keep an eye on. The Patriots. Matt Patricia as the OC is fascinating to me, whether it pays off or not, because you switch from defense to offense for this long in your career. Joe Judge doing something similarly. They're going to try to install the wide zone system we talked about earlier in the podcast this offseason that hasn't gone very well for them. Can they make that work? We'll see about that. I'm curious to see how that works for Mac Jones here in year two. A little bit bearish on that prediction, as you'll find out here in just a second. With the New York Jets, when Zach Wilson returns, is it a good thing for the Jets? Is Joe Flacco cooking with the right sauce? And can Zach Wilson take that that year two step that he needs to to keep the Jets off the quarterback market next year? It's a loaded class next year. That's a fascinating one for me with the Jets. And then the Dolphins, of course, it's Tua. How he plays in year three is a very intriguing storyline with this really good roster around him. I think great things are going to happen. But will it happen? It has to go out there and prove it on Sunday. Uh, In the AFC North, the Bengals was magic carpet ride last year. Is this team a year-in, year-out contender, or was that a fluky run? I'm curious to see how these new offensive line pieces take hold. Reports out of camp have not been kind to Lyle Collins. Made a big deal about Ted Karras. Ted Karras, great guy, been on three teams in three years. And then Alex Kappa is a really good addition for them too. So was it really a, a effective overhaul or just an overhaul on that offensive line? Because Joe Burrow still got hit a lot last year. That can't happen again. And can they ride another magical defensive performance You know, with multiple takeaways in the postseason all the way back to the Super Bowl? I think not, but we'll see. Cleveland, how many wins can they find before Thanksgiving? How many, finds can they, how many wins can they find after Thanksgiving? I'll have that answer here in just a second. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the quarterback position. Does Trubisky have that career resurgence? Does Kenny Pickett hit immediately? My guess is no to either, but what, do I, what the hell do I know? Baltimore. Lamar Jackson coming off that injury, I mentioned it earlier, probably one of the most fascinating individual storylines this entire season. If he's right, if he's going, they're a Super Bowl contender. If he's wrong, he's unhappy. You saw what can happen last year. Indianapolis, quarterback changes every single year under Frank Reich after the Andrew Luck retirement, but this is the best one he's had since Luck. I think the Colts are going to be a good football team this year. The Titans, they seemingly outperform national expectations every single year. Can they do it again this year? We'll find out. I tend to think not so much. We'll get to that here in shortly as well. The Houston Texans with Davis Mills. Man, they gave him the keys for year number two. They don't really have anything behind him on that quarterback depth chart that could threaten or take that job in the way, you know, Joe Flacco with the Jets could seize it up there. 
but he played as well as any of the rookies last year. And how how NFL would that be if he became the crown jewel of that draft class that was so celebrated? It would be hilarious to me. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence in year two, but really more about Doug Peterson replacing the horrible, horrible Urban Meyer. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Doug Peterson. I think he'll get this thing going in the right direction. Although I thought the offseason was super strange. All those linebacker additions, a lot of money on receivers that have never been number ones before. Does it happen right away for them? Does it take a year or two? Does it happen at all? Curious to see how the Jaguars that work out with Trevor Lawrence because he is a damn good prospect and it's been rocky so far. Uh, Las Vegas, probably the best team they've had since, I don't know, 2016, but in arguably the most stacked division in football history, maybe. Their offensive line looks rough, but this game, we'll see how it works out for them because last year I thought they had some some questions on the offensive line. Derek Carr kind of overcame those with the way he played one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. This game can be cruel, man. That's kind of how it goes. Like, you know, the Dolphins have this this nice roster, but as the Patriots transition from Brady to post-Brady, now the Bills are here as a potential 13, 14, 15 win team. It just can be cruel, as you know, as Dolphins fans. So for the Raiders, can they compete in that tough, tough division? Can't wait to find out if that's a yes or no. Denver, seems like it's been years or for years it's been, can the Broncos just solve that quarterback position? Now it looks like they have, but a lot of expectations on a rookie head coach there, Nathaniel Hackett. We'll find out about that club here soon. Kansas City, lots of moves at wide receiver, trying to replace Tyreek in the aggregate. We'll see about that. I don't think the team will necessarily, you know, fall off a cliff, but at that position, it's you can't lose the best player in the league and not, and not you know, you don't get better when that happens. So curious to see how that works. The Chargers. Every year, it seems like something wild happens to the Chargers to derail their season. What's it going to be this year? I think it changes this year. I think Brandon Staley has got a loaded roster. I love the way he approaches this. Big, big fan of the Chargers this year. The Eagles. Can they go from surprise playoff team to one of the favorites in the NFC? Well, if Hurts wins consistently from the pocket on third long, man, he becomes a dangerous player. He's fun to watch. If that happens, they might be my pick in this conference. More on that in a moment. The Giants, Brian Dable's been a hot coordinator name for a while, and I'm curious to see his first year. Joe Shane did say this is a transitional year, which is, I appreciate the transparency from the uh, GM, but they got to make strides because this team has been bad for a long time. Probably going to be bad again this year, but hopefully for them, some signs of progress. Washington, is it time to go ahead and start to think about maybe uh, taking some command? I don't know. Can the defense return back to the 2020 form? Such a weird peak and valley because 2020 and 2021, the difference between being a playoff team and finishing a long way from that was that defense. So curious to see how that kind of gets going here with uh, the the Washington Commanders and taking command. The Dallas Cowboys, uh, that offensive line and receiver positions are both very, very tricky for them. Michael Gallup is down to start the year. Amari Cooper's obviously out in a weird trade this offseason. Tyron Smith is out. Lyle Collins with the Bengals. Uh, always been a fan of Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott, but he's going to have to really play his best ball this year because that offensive line and that receiver position both are nowhere near what they were when he was most successful. The Minnesota Vikings... This Kevin O'Connell, Kirk Cousins relationship is so key for them. I think it'll be a great thing for the Vikings. I'm a little bit bullish on the Vikings this year. They kind of, uh, I I got off their radar a couple years in a row there because they were just kind of angering me with with some of the the stubbornness that they wouldn't change the way they did things. But hopefully now with Kevin O'Connell, that has changed. Green Bay, is this the year they break through in the playoffs? You assume they get there, but who cares about their games until then, really, because pretty much starts in the divisional round for a team that averages 13 wins a year the last three years under LaFleur. Uh, LaFleur, 
Detroit, breakthrough season? I think there's a chance, but I do tend to think it's one year away. But I know they're going to be a pain in the ass to play week in and week out. I also, I don't know if all that stuff works if you lose a bunch of games two years in a row because all that yelling and screaming, I don't think that's 2022, man. Chicago, Justin Fields in year two. I still think the world of his game after a challenging rookie season, not really for him, but just the Bears in general, I think he'll be better this year. Will his surrounding cast? We'll see. New Orleans, can the defense carry the load in this 2022 season where defenses, you know, they don't really stay consistent? Will they have to? It's a loaded group, but I mean, the skill position's got a big upgrade too with Michael Thomas and Chris Olave coming back. It sounds like Alvin Kamara's situation's not going to be resolved this season. So they're pretty loaded on offense. Carolina, Baker Mayfield's redemption tour. I think he got a raw deal playing through an injury that negatively impacted his performance and the perception around his game. I hope he bounces back this year. I think he will. Maybe, you know, the the Panthers are in a bit of a tough transition period too, but I think Baker's a good thing for the Panthers. In Tampa, one more run for Tom, possibly. As long as he plays, I'm not counting him out of the Super Bowl equation. I think they have as good a shot as anybody, despite the injuries and turnover there. It's Tom Brady, man. Don't pick against that guy. Uh, The Falcons, really curious about their quarterback situation. You've got Mariota back with Arthur Smith, who benched him for Ryan Tannehill, who took the redemption arc to comeback player of the year, one of the top-rated quarterbacks in the league in terms of his numbers and playoff runs. Can Marcus Mariota do the exact same thing here and revive his career in his second, well, his third stop now, I guess, or a rookie, Desmond Ritter, who played so well this preseason and took a bit of a slide on draft night, can he come in and be that guy? Tough year for the Falcons this year, but their fans have a lot to look forward to because they have two irons in the fire at quarterback. The Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray, one of the more fascinating players in the league to me. I love his game. I think he's going to make a lot of people eat their words this season. Very bullish on the Cardinals. The Rams, can they repeat? Hasn't happened since 03-04, born in 04. I think this team has a good of a chance to do it as any of the previous winners. They are top heavy and stacked up there and loaded on that roster. They have a chance to get back. The Seahawks, will they throw a single pass this year? That's a joke, but in a league where everyone has zagged, they sure have zigged by loading up at the running back position with Kenneth Walker, Rashad Penny, and they did have uh, Chris Carson before he retired, but we know that Pete Carroll wants to play that old school brand. Curious to see how it plays out. Good quarterback class this year for the Seahawks. Uh, San Francisco, Trey Lance might be one of the biggest swing players in the entire league. If he's as advertised, this could be a Super Bowl team. They have elite players at receiver, tight end, defensive line, linebackers. You know, you team that bunch of stars with a second-year quarterback. If he joins that ranks, they're a Super Bowl pick. If he's the reverse of that, they might miss the playoffs altogether. Fascinating spread there for the Niners. Man, fantasy or football is almost here. And allow me to venture into some parts unknown here for your boy and some fantasy talk, some fantasy football. I really only have one strategy. It's take good players. Forget situation, forget opportunity. My buddy last year talked me into Mike Davis in like the fifth round or something. And I was like, I don't know. He's just a guy. He's like, really? You had a thousand yards last year. I was like, nah, he's just a guy, man. That was just, that was not special. And then again, of course, sure enough, he goes for five or six points, you know, tops in every single game. It's all your fault, Tyler, and good fun. Uh, But my first three picks in that 14-team league were Tyreek, Justin Jefferson, and Amari Cooper. And that's why I was projected the favorite going into the semifinals. I lost by one point in a week where Tyreek Hill against the Steelers when they scored like 50 freaking points, gets injured in the first quarter, caught just one pass and didn't come back. It's also why I hate fantasy because that's when Waddle went off for a billion catches on Monday Night Football. His big night downed me by just one point in the semis, but I did not care because the Dolphins won 
that game. That's all I cared about. But after that, in the consolation round, I scored more points than any team in that final weekend. And that was it. I retired fantasy football back in 2013. Kyle Krabs put together a charity league last year for Dolphins uh, Challenge Cancer. And I thought, this is perfect. I'll win this year right off into the sunset. Well, I rode off into the sunset, but the trophy case remains empty. So that's the message. Don't listen to me because I'm a perennial fantasy loser, but that's my lesson in fantasy. Take good football players. A few sleepers here that I wrote down. I don't know why. I'm just going to do it. Uh, Quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, is he a sleeper? I feel like people are sleeping on him and the Cardinals, but don't do that. Marcus Mariota, rushing is always big for a quarterback. Same reason Jalen Hurts is on this list. I think Matt Ryan could have a nice jump forward in stats this year. And Tua Tungavailoa is my ultimate quarterback fantasy sleeper this year. Running backs, Cam Akers, Rashad White in Tampa. J.K. Dobbins, when he's healthy, he's going to be awesome. Might be a guy you draft late and stash when he comes back. Ramondre Stevenson, I think the Patriots are going to run the football a thousand times, and he's a good player. James Cook with the Bills, like his game a lot. Chase and Raheem, I like both of them, although it's tricky when you have two really good guys at one spot. At receiver, Brandon Ayuk, Rondale Moore, Chris Olave, Michael Gallup, another kind of injury guy that comes back after PUP and maybe helps you out that way. Devontae Smith, Nico Collins, Michael Pittman Jr., Jacoby Myers, and I love Isaiah McKenzie in Buffalo. The sleeper distinction's tough. Is Jalen Waddle a sleeper after we brought Tyreek Hill in? I don't know if he is, but take Jalen Waddle. Take him. Tight end. This position has always been a fantasy blind spot for me, but we go ahead anyways. A couple of rookies here. Jelani Woods and Isaiah Likely. I really think that Likely could have a huge tight end year this year. And then I put John U. Smith in there too. Still like his game with the Patriots. All right, enough fantasy talk. That was out of my depth. Let's come back on the other side here and predict the 2022 NFL season. That's next here on the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. It is officially that time, the time where we pick the records of every single team in the National Football League this year. We'll give you some awards as well. We'll pick the playoffs, and then we'll get the heck out of here. What do you say about that? We start off, let's go reverse. I have I usually go AFC East first, but we'll go ahead to NFC West and go backwards. The Rams, 14-3. Cardinals, 10-7. The Niners, 9-8. And, and the Seahawks, 4-13. The Bucks win the North at 12 and 5. The Saints are in second at 9 and 8. The Panthers and Falcons both finish 5 and 12. The Packers 11 and 6 win another a- NFC North title. The Vikings 10 and 7. The Chicago or no, the Detroit Lions jump the Bears 7 and 10 and the Chicago Bears are 2 and 15 and picking first in the draft next year. In the NFC East, the Eagles take it down 12 and 5. The Cowboys go 9 and 8. The Commanders, they don't take command soon enough. They should begin doing that now. They go 6-11. The Giants, 5-12. In the AFC, the Chargers win the West at 12-5. The Chiefs come in second at 11-6. And both the Broncos and Raiders are 8-9. In the South, the Colts, 11-6, take a division championship off the Titans for the first time in a few years. The Titans finish 9-8 in second place. The Jaguars get 7 wins, 7-10 for Jacksonville. The Texans go 5-12. The Ravens take down the AFC North at 12 and 5. The Bengals, second, 10 and 7. The Steelers, 7 and 10. And the Browns, 5 and 12. Finally, the AFC East, the Bills win it 14 and 3. That's the best record in football. In second place, your Miami Dolphins, 12 and 5. That's what I'm going with this year, 12 and 5. 
The Patriots, 6-11, Jets, 5-12. Such a top-heavy league, man. So many wins given out because of schedule, really. You know, the balance of teams saying we're going to rebuild and take our lumps now versus the old way of saying we have to scratch and claw and fight for each win. Like, it kind of reminds me of, like, the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Like, he could start for several teams, but, you know, he's an upgrade at those spots. But is he the guy? It's a tough question and one that wasn't asked as many, you know, 10 years ago. Like the Dolphins would go get Chad Pennington because that was their best quarterback they could have, and sure enough, they won the division. So maybe there's a lesson there. Playoff picks. You guys ready for this? I might get called crazy. I might be called a homer in this one, but we're going to do it anyways because I believe in this team this year. Last year was the first time since 2015 that I didn't come within two wins of the Dolphins total, so I'm really chapped about that. Wild card round, Ravens, Ravens over Bengals, Chiefs over Chargers, divisional affairs. What a, what a good looking wild card round playoff round this is. Dolphins over Colts, the 20 year streak is over, 21 year, 22 year streak. Bucks over Cowboys, Eagles over Vikings, Packers over Cardinals. That gives us Bills and Chiefs, Dolphins and Ravens, Eagles and Bucks, Packers and Rams. The Bills take out the Chiefs this year. They return the favor. No Tyreek, no 13 seconds anymore. That can't happen without Tyreek Hill. Dolphins over the Ravens. It's the third straight win I gave Miami the win. Week two over the Ravens after winning last year. I think they found the secret game plan to shut down Lamar Jackson. They get back-to-back playoff wins this year. The Eagles take out the Bucks. The Packers take out the Rams. Then we get to the AFC Championship game. And I'm sorry for you 90s babies out there, you 90s fans that were... That was your golden years, and the Buffalo Bills ruined a lot of your fandom because it's going to happen again here in the predictions. Bills over Dolphins in the AFC Championship. Eagles over Packers in the NFC Championship. And the Bills get on the Lombardi, Lombardi, Lombardi board as they beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. There you go. I wanted to take chalk so bad and go Bills-Rams, but I'm taking the Eagles. I knew some teams, you know, There's going to be some chaos in the NFC playoffs this year. And frankly, there could be in the AFC too, but I think the Bills are so good and deep at every spot, except that cornerback spot we mentioned. I hope I'm wrong, but there you go. Bills over Eagles. My MVP is Josh Allen. My Offensive Player of the Year is Tyreek Hill. My Defensive Player of the Year is Joey Bosa. My Offensive Rookie of the Year is Chris Olave. My Defensive Rookie is Aiden Hutchinson. My Comeback Player is Lamar Jackson. My Coach of the Year is Nick Sirianni. Maybe Mike McDaniel as well. One of those two. Draft order, Chicago, Seattle, Giants, Texans, Falcons, Panthers, Browns, Jets, Commanders, Patriots picking top 10, and the Niners pick winds up 17th for the Miami Dolphins. That's it. Just saved you five months of your life. You're welcome. That's my time today. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. No show tomorrow. Back on Thursday for a Patriots preview. You can follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank podcast. They just dropped their Jason Jenkins tribute earlier this week. It was tough for me to hear, but definitely very good and something you should check out yourselves. Also, check out the Twitter Spaces show every Wednesday at 8 o'clock with me, Seth, and Juice breaking down this Miami Dolphins football team. The YouTube channel for Media Vels, Dolphins Today, Drive Time, and Fish Tank content. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, Caroline Daddy's coming home.